Hey! Welcome back to the Sidewalk Stories of Penny and Luck by me, Claire Karwowski. Part 2, Chapter 4 Penny and Luck, on what should have been their ordinary neighborhood sidewalk, instead stood atop the Forest of Shadows' cold dirt ground. From there, they watched as the looming trees around them grew taller and more dense. The captive rider had left a trail of snaking, spattering, sparkling dust suspended in the air. Luck waddled his way beneath the blue cloud, hopped on his hind legs, and stretched as far as he could to try and touch the floating particles. No matter how far he stretched, though, the rider's magic remained a paw length away. As he continued this little dance, Penny tossed her pack over her shoulder, placed it on the ground, and opened her treasure trove of knowledge, explorer's supplies, and luxe snacks. I know I read about this place somewhere, she said. Penny felt around for the legendary medieval knight's book, which she read that very morning. She caught hold of its spine and brought it into the cool, fresh air. In the forest's dim light, Penny rapidly flipped page after page. Her fingers combed each line as her eyes speedily scanned for the key she needed to unlock the mystery before them. And with that next whip of the page, she softly exclaimed, Booyah! Penny read aloud to Luck, who, with every jump, seemed to push the rider's dust further away. She began, Before the Knights of Brantwood could find the one-eyed dragon's mountainous lair, they first needed to cross a dark, mysterious forest. Little did they know that this part of the journey would be greater and more dangerous than anything they had previously faced. All that was known about this place had been told years ago by a man who had found himself lost in the wood while hunting. Unable to navigate out by sundown, he was forced to spend the night in the forest. When he miraculously escaped the next day, he returned home to tell his tale to the royal court, but they refused to believe his jumbled account. They wrote him off as a madman and banished him to live alone on the kingdom's edge. One scribe, however, saw the truth in the man's eyes and noted his story. And so it was written of the lost hunter who on one frightful, fateful day wandered into a forest and found himself in a sublime place tainted by dark magic. The wood was filled with shadows that had minds of their own, who played impish and dangerous tricks to test any guest's endurance, spirit, and mind. The shadows sang, cried, laughed, and danced. They could grow as tall as giants or morph into the smallest country mouse. They could perfectly impersonate the voice of a best friend and worst enemy. These were only small tricks played in the light of day, but when the sun fell out of the sky and night descended, total and complete madness erupted. All the hunter would say of nightfall in the forest is that it transformed into a nightmare too haunting to speak of. To have the strength and agility to outsmart the shadows is to surely be one of the bravest in the world. Penny paused her reading and closed the book determinedly. Hmm, well that explains a lot. Come on, Luck, we gotta go find that rider. Luck, having listened to the book's warning, frightfully whimpered from his hiding place beneath Penny's shield. Oh, come on, Luck. Look, nightfall seems to be the problem here. 
and the author of this book had clearly never been on the wrong end of a Theo prank. Remember, during my sixth birthday slumber party, Theo burst into the middle of pizza dinner, waving around a sticky, fluffy old chew toy, and yelled that he found your long-lost tail in Sandra's sleeping bag? Everyone was so creeped out, I couldn't get one kid to sleep over here until the fourth grade. My point is, the shadow tricks can't be any worse than Theo's. We'll just get through here quickly. We'll be careful and stay together and we'll... She looked up to the blue dust still lingering in the air. And we'll follow the rider's trail. We'll be out of here before sunset, for sure. This did not comfort Luck as he stayed hidden beneath the shield and presented Penny with his sweetest, softest doggy eyes. Please, Luck. She took out the golden tag with the royal message. This Princess Sabrina... Whoever she is, wherever she is, asked for help. And if we don't help... Penny looked around at the empty grove as cackling laughter bounced around the trees. Who will? Penny knew that Luck was a bit more of a scaredy cat than a brave steed. But she also knew that turning around and stepping through Mean Green back into their regular lives was no longer an option for her. It was as if a magnetic force from within pulled Penny toward the forest. Luck crawled out from under the shielded shelter. Penny bent down and placed her hand under his front legs and cradled him in her arms. Please. Luck gave Penny a slobbery lick on the cheek and his biggest smile. She giggled from the drooling tickle and placed her steed back on all fours, repacked her bag, and followed the rider's dusty trail. With each marching stride, the trees before Penny and Luck grew higher and higher, masking more of the sun's rays. Some trees had trunks so rough that just the thought of climbing them reminded Penny of past ripped hands. Others were simply majestic, towering, cool to the touch, and buzzing with the lives of little creatures' hideaways. The third type of tree was blanketed in a mirror-like slime, reflecting and distorting the path around them like a carnival's funhouse. Everywhere Penny turned, a new curiosity struck her. The greatest explorers in the universe paused, noted, observed, learned about each new discovery. Penny wished she could stop to write it all down, too. She did not want to forget one single solitary detail but the pulsing gold message in her front pocket reminded her to keep going in order to find the rider and save Princess Sabrina before nightfall. And so, Penny and Luck soldiered forth with thumping hearts and wonder-filled eyes. Chapter 5 The cackling echoes that earlier chilled their bodies were now a familiar backdrop to their march. A pack of shadows swung from tree to tree and screeched their cries of laughter. Penny knew she ought to be scared, but still her steps were strong and sturdy. She imagined herself as a giant, mighty, bold, and set on her path. Luck, on the other hand, stayed close to Penny's ankles and jumped at the sound of each snapping twig and whistling breeze. His eyes squinted with worry as his body began to ever so slightly tremble. Penny felt his shaking brush against her shins. Cheer up, Luck. I'm right here, she told him. 
but just as the words left Penny's mouth, they turned to white chilled mist before her. She took a long, deep inhale in, an air as sharp as icicles poked at her lungs. While the hot summer day had cooled in the forest's shade, this chill that ran through Penny was no typical summer breeze rolling in off the sea. Penny looked upwards to follow the rider's blue dust trail, but clouds hung low obstructing the view and showered freezing and wet flecks of snow. What the woe? Penny proclaimed. Luck's worried chattering stopped as he stuck out his tongue and caught three large flakes. Luck may have had his concerns about the forest of shadows, but that could not overpower his total and complete love for snow. As the freezing flakes melted on Luck's pink tongue, he let out a joyful bark. The snowy flurries picked up speed. To take one step forward required three times the effort. Another snowy wind ripped through them with a mix of both snow and ice. The trail of blue dust was masked by the now wide-out conditions. The thick, heavy snow seemingly suctioned their legs to the ground, which forced Penny to kick through and make a path so that Luck and his little legs would not collapse through the powdery ground. As the blizzard's stormy tunnel whipped around them, Penny looked down to shield her face. There, the path of knee-deep snow parted and instantaneously morphed into a thick slab of slippery black ice. It was so hard to see that Penny had no way of knowing if she was on the right path or if she now led them in endless circles. Branches bent over and gathered heavy clumps of snow that then avalanched onto the night and her steed. Penny forced herself to lift her head up and stand tall against the raging winds. She looked for a guiding mark in the distance to keep them on the right track. She squinted her eyes and looked all around, trying to make out something in the blizzarding wood. There, just ahead of them, the trees parted, and a small but open clearing interrupted the series of thick trees. Without the trees as a barricade, the storm's intensity increased tenfold, and the whipping winds stirred into a spiraling cone of snow and ice. Penny crouched down and stuck her shield in the snow to block her from the wind while she lifted her binoculars from around her neck and pulled them to her eyes. And there, just beyond that clearing, the picture came into focus. At the base of a tree was the dull blue glowing emanating from the rider. That's where we need to get luck, she said, pointing to the far end of the storm-filled clearing. Just then, as luck jumped to lick the falling snowflakes midair, the largest blizzarding gust of wind blew past and knocked him right into Penny's shield. He landed in its curve, skated across the icy path in his makeshift toboggan and crashed into a nearby tree. Penny quickly crawled over to his landing spot. Pretty cool crash. Ten points for style, she said as she gave him a comforting head scratch. Penny picked up her shield and felt how smooth the curves were. This is how it was able to move Luck so quickly across the freezing ground. 
As Penny assessed the snowstorm that picked up speed and size, she knew they needed help to cut through the clearing quickly. Penny inspected the shield from all angles. She placed it on the ground, curveside down, and planted her left foot in front and right foot in back, as if she was on her skateboard. Jumping up and down, she tested its sturdiness, and then tried pushing herself forward. Gently, she glided on the icy forest floor. She wobbled and wiggled, and then another gust of wind blew in from the clearing and knocked her on her backside. In growing up by the sea, all kids in Penny's town learned early on to understand the ocean's power, how to respect it and how to use it. Miss Melissa had taught them in last year's earth science class about wind power and how just one wind turbine could give electricity to over 3,000 homes. That was just about the size of Penny's hometown. That simple fact amazed Penny. And when she had to choose an end-of-year project that showed the power of nature, she decided to build a sail. There was something fascinating about something as simple as a sail. It's small, sleek, but it could harness the mighty wind and let you cut through the sea at lightning speed. Speed. That was number nine on Penny's all-time favorite things list. Although sailing through water and skating over ice were different, the basic premise remained the same. Penny knew she didn't have all the supplies to build a long-lasting, secure sail, but considering the insane intensity of the blizzard, Penny figured she only needed it to work for about 90 seconds so that they can make their way across the field and cut through the cycloning blizzard. It may just be crazy enough to work, Luck. Penny's eyes glowed with excitement. From her bag, she extracted her ever-handy roll of duct tape, her sword, and Luck's plastic doggy bags for his, well, his business, and carefully ripped each open to form nearly perfect rectangles. Penny then joined them together with super-strength waterproof duct tape to form an isosceles triangle, and then taped her sword to the plastic blanket center for support. Penny then unclipped Luck's rope leash from his collar and attached it to the free corners on either side of the sword. Even there on the forest floor, it began to slightly pick up wind and luff about. The blizzard was bigger now, and Penny could barely see the glowing rider in the distance. They had to go now or risk being swallowed whole by the rolling waves of white. Penny scooped up her trusty steed and put him in her backpack with his head poking out of its flap. Luck's job would be to bark if anything unexpected came into their path. She placed the shield curveside down and carefully stepped left foot in front of the right onto her haphazard snowboard. Penny grabbed the leash and held each end in one of her hands. She bent her knees and began to adjust the ropes. With each adjustment, the wind filled the sail more and more. And then, with the next powerful gust, the leash tightened, the sail rocketing them into the eye of the blizzard. They cut across the icy path. The shield beneath them bent back and forth as Penny directed it with her feet. The icy gusts scratched across her cheeks as the cold air attacked her sight and froze the ends of her bouncing curls. As they sprinted across the clearing through her watering eyes, Penny could see just beyond the lone blizzard where the warm green of the forest reemerged. There, on this line dividing winter and summer, 
swung the royal rider in the bony clutches of three maniacal shadows. Yikes, Luck! It's Trap! And as she yelled, Luck barked, sounding the alarm for more impending danger. Penny looked back, and there, behind them, above them, beside them, closing in on Penny and Luck as they tried to surf to safety, the shadows whipped about in their self-made blizzard. The tornado of snow, ice, and wind grew larger than the forest's towering trees as it spun like an out-of-control top. It picked up speed. It twisted, spun, and knotted itself into a glacier-sized boulder, a boulder which Penny and Luck were careening straight toward. It was too late to turn and too icy to stop. There was only one way around the monster ice block if Penny and Luck wanted to survive the storm, and that way was up. Hold on, Luck, Penny directed over the howling wind. They were mere inches away from the block of ice now. Luck closed his eyes, preparing himself for the inescapable crash. In that second, Penny bent her knees as low as they could go. She pulled the sail tighter and shifted their weight to the back of the shield. Its nose pointed up in the air and with precision and speed sent Penny and Luck right up the boulder's icy sloping wall. Just as they reached its pointed peak, she bent her knees and jumped, launching them high into the sky and plummeting her shield into the rocky ice below. As Penny and Luck soared in the air, Penny fought the wind with all her might and lifted the sail up above their heads, slightly letting out the reins. Then... She closed her eyes, hoping she had successfully turned her sail into a parachute to catch the cold air and slow their descent. A few seconds passed, and the snow stopped while the sun warmed her cheeks. Penny opened her eyes, and there they were, gliding gracefully beyond the storm and into the green shade of the forest. As they descended, Penny moved her legs in a running motion to prepare them for a soft but quick landing. As they touched down, Penny's smile stretched from ear to ear. Luck hopped out of the bag and pulled Penny down to the ground, covering her in slobbering victory doggy kisses. The storm behind them had cleared. They had beaten the first obstacle the Forest of Shadows threw in their way, but the rider had still disappeared with their mischievous foes. Penny repacked her bag and tossed Luck a well-deserved snack. And although they knew they had many more obstacles between them, the rider, and Princess Sabrina's rescue, Penny still glowed with excitement. Because when she woke up this morning, she had felt an adventure in her bones. And boy, was she right. With that pride overflowing inside of her, Penny and Luck looked at the looming forest before them listened to the shadows' cackling laughter, and stepped forward toward their next unknown challenge. Thanks for listening to part two of the Sidewalk Stories of Penny and Luck. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you know exactly when part three drops. Thanks for listening, and keep adventuring.